Hello everyone and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is October 6, 2016. There are two by-elections that are coming up this month that will pretend much for the future of the Abe administration. Michael Chuchek, you're watching this closely too. We have two by-elections, the 23rd of this month. And it's going to be a really interesting fight. Normally these by-elections are a basically a set piece. Someone has passed away, or someone has just moved up in some, into a new position, and there's a space open. Right. And this, then the, the two major parties fight off against each other. Maybe there's a communist ca candidate. But it's basically just, most of the time, it's just refilling with the same party that mm -hmm. seat. Right. But this time around, in the Tokyo 10 election and the Fukuoka 6 elections, in this case, it looks as though we're going to have a real battle. Well, not only that, but the two seats that are vacant are vacated by two remarkable politicians. That's right. They're big-name politicians. In the Tokyo case, it's Governor Koike, who was serving in the Tokyo 10 position. She had to give up her seat in order to run as a candidate. And she wrote, and she won, and she now she's now the governor of Tokyo. And so her former Tokyo urban seat is available. Right. In Fukuoka, it's a little bit more of a sadder situation. Well, in that case, Hatoyama Kunio, the longtime seat holder there, and also grandson of a prime minister, brother, brother, of, a of, prime of, minister. A brother of a prime minister, Hatoyama Yukio, he passed away. And there is an attempt right now by his son to inherit the seat. But that has run afoul of the relationship between the, the local headquarters of the LDP and the national. We have two by-elections held on the same day. What's the rule or the, the, the regulation on how soon you have to hold a by-election after it's been vacated? It's, it usually has to be only a few months. They try to do it as quickly as possible. And in this case, they had a national election on July the 10th, but neither of these seats was open at that time. And there is a tendency to try to cluster them together mm -hmm. if they can be in any way put together. As it is, we have two vacant seats, and they've decided to have first the declaration of the candidacies, which happens on the 11th, and then the election itself on the 23rd. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a really short official campaign season, but there, there's a, been a great deal of movement already. Right. And they're, they're campaigning, or at least the candidates are. But the problem is, is that the LDP is in disarray. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like um, it's an election where the LDP is kind of pitted against itself rather than being pitted against the main opposition party. The, the main Democratic opposition party. party, despite the fact it has a new, very exciting leader in Renho, is basically where it was at the end of July after losing a few seats in the House of Councillors election. It hasn't suddenly shot up mm -hmm. in popularity. And so one would think that it, it doesn't have momentum going into these two elections. Now, if the LDP could just get its act together and choose a candidate for each one of these seats, they'd be in... It's a shoe-in. It's a shoe-in, right. but they have blown it in both cases. In the, in the Tokyo case, it has to do with the immense draw of Governor Koike, who I, I, I'm... I, it's hard to describe because I don't even believe in it. Mm -hmm. But when you hear people talking within the political sphere about how important her victory is and how she now re represents a new pole 
in Japanese politics, yes. and that around her there are going to be all kinds of politicians who are going to gather, and, and all kinds of newcomers who are going to gather, and she's going to put together a new party that will challenge, of course, the position of the DP as the main opposition, but also the LDP in, in many of its strongholds. Mm -hmm. And you say, wait, 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 wait. Sure. She just got elected governor. What are you talking about? But I love the dynamics there. I mean, there's a lot to be said about the current governor, Koike, on what she's doing with Toyosu and the fish market and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, but she hit, she, okay, she's hit a home run, but it was, a, in my opinion, a fluke. She went after that thing with a broad, you know, a blunderbuss sure. approach. And she and found- And a couple of them hit. Well, yeah, she found the one thing, and it was with the help of the communists. Mm -hmm. The communists were the ones who went down into the basement uh, with their cameras. Fish in a barrel, though. Well, yeah, I mean, well, well, with, but they, hey, they got the, the video of the basement, which is supposed to be a, an empty space filled with water. You know, I don't know if they watch Tokyo on Fire. I hope they do. But they sent their television crew in there only days after we did our special on the, the fish market. Yeah, we did the special on the fish market, and we said, look, there's, 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 there's not enough there. Mm -hmm. There's not enough to, to justify this incredible reaction that is a, within the people who are actually participants in the market. Right. And we sent the video cameras there, had them do the interviews, and you, you just couldn't get what, well, what's wrong with moving to Toyosu? And it was a few days later that it became very clear it's what was wrong. a huge open wound, and now she's wagging her finger at the bureaucrats, whether currently in office or retired, and saying, we're coming after you. And, uh, and also her former, and former governors mm -hmm. as well. You know, you, you're gonna come in and tell us what you know. Right. Wow, so yeah, it's, it's great television, it's great media, but does, is that the kernel Mm -hmm. of a new political party, well, these by-elections will test that. Right. Because the candidate whom the LDP doesn't want to endorse is an LDP member who is loyal to Koike. That's the dynamic that makes this thing so interesting because he was one of the people who went for and supported Koike once against the wishes or against the demands of the LDP. The, the orders. Mm -hmm. If you do this, you will be excommunicated was the, the order that came right. out of Party Central. And he and several he other out. LDP members said, we're going to support Koike. Mm -hmm. And he now has used this crowbar of her personality and her popularity to get himself to be the candidate, mm -hmm. but without any kind of pledge of loyalty to party to center. LDP, right. That's crazy. Yeah. And the LDP seems powerless in, in its terms of its hierarchy and in terms of its organization to stop this. In, in Fukuoka, they've got different factions. Fukuoka's different. It, it's reminiscent of, of what we had at the upper house election, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. In, in the case of of in of uh, Kanagawa Suga and and uh, Mr. Aso. That's right. In this case, it's not Suga and Aso. It's uh, various parts of the party. Aso's one of them, and because Fukuoka is his territory, and he's very, very well, let's say, territorial about mm -hmm. it. And at the same time, the uh, the scion of the family, the younger Hatoyama. Uh, wants in, he wants to be the candidate. And that's the choice of the major, of, of the, the national party. But the local branch mm -hmm. wants, the branch head wants his son as the candidate. And they're just 
they eventually have come to the point where neither of them is going to get the LDP's endorsement, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to run as independents. Right. And that would seem, in the broad brush, to open up the door for the DP, but the DP itself hasn't got lined up all of its ducks because there's going to be a communist running in the in the election as well. Which once again kind of reflects back on this third poll, you know, the, the Koike poll of of you know something else, an alternative to not just the DP, but also the LDP. But the thing is, why do you need this alternative? What is the point of that? Is it simply that you're bored with the, the, the political structure as mm-hmm. it exists? Or you're just carried around by enthusiasm? It doesn't make real political sense to but me. But to me, it makes great sense. I think what it tells you is that the, the voters are sick and tired of the bid rigging, of the, the uh, the collusion, the under-the-table you know, deals that are done by the people who have been in office for generations. It's not just one generation or two generations. It's now three generations of, of members of the parliament who are kind of controlling this thing. And I think there's, there's a frustration. And, and now, in, in current technology and, and the way that uh, information is basically free, um, these stories are, are kind of tumbling out of out of the the internet. But in this case, the internet was the cause of the problem in that the Tokyo government had put on its website the internal plans of the the Toyosa site Mm -hmm. and had, instead of the the basement space, had it filled up with dirt. Now, I'm not a civil engineer. I don't really see what the difference is going to be, whether there is a concrete box down there or there is dirt down there. Because as far as I know, capillary <clears throat> action still works. And if there's any poisonous water that comes from the old gas mm-hmm. works that were there, it's going to come up through the dirt just as well as, as bubble up out of the, out of, under the box. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a lot of sense that it's so completely different. Okay, I'm not a civil engineer. May, I come, don't understand that. Well, but they no. did have to decontaminate the soil too. So I, I guess there was a, a big expense involved in truckloads and truckloads and truckloads of tons of dirt. Yeah, but they want to bring more dirt into what the recommendation was that if they just pile dirt upon this contaminated uh, base, that somehow that will block it off. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. Be that as it may, that was, there was a a discrepancy between the reality and what right. the image on on, on the uh, and who website. decided when and uh, I don't know I was I was on the council meeting but I don't remember oh yes yeah, so the, the, the the lack of memory among the bureaucrats who somehow managed, love this, managed to pass all, all of right. their those exams all those years without remembering <clears throat> anything uh, yeah. yeah it's true it, there's, mm. it, it doesn't look good she's she's really beginning to build some momentum though I love watching what she's doing I follow her very closely. And I think she's, uh, she's poised to make a real difference in this town. Yeah, that's true. But is, is that enough to organize a party? I don't see that. But then again, well, no, I, I, it's not, I was thinking maybe it's comparable with Hashimoto Toru, mm-hmm. where he came out hard against the feather bedding in Osaka, right. the, the, the uh, people who are being paid to do nothing, the going on against all kinds of you know, long time, long sets, you know, special interests within Osaka. But his deal is not just yeah. that. His deal is Osakan identity, Osaka pride, and having a Kansai center equal to Tokyo. 
Koike is already in Tokyo. She's、sure. not going to be building up a new Tokyo pride. Tokyo is already quite proud. Thank you very much. There's nothing much that more that she can add there. So this idea that she can provide reform and bringing out the bureaucrats, it's it's. It doesn't seem like there's a center there because you have to have something positive to vote、mm-hmm. for. In her case, it's just maybe dragging people over the coals. Well, there are other people who are disenfranchised too. Ishiba, for example, the former minister of whom of, she supported exactly, and Mr.、Uh, Koizumi as well. He's still in the in the the, the game. Yeah, he's still in the game. He he supported. Uh, Hosokawa, when Hosokawa ran for governor,、uh, they also he he has been he's been currently working on a, a side project, which is、uh, getting some kind of official recognition for the U.S. servicemen、right. who served、uh, and went into the、uh, radioactive、admirable. zone during、right. Fukushima, and who are now compl-、uh, saying they have medical consequences of that action. That's what he's and doing, and being disregarded by the Japanese、yeah. government. But but. I mean, and yeah, and he does represent a memory of a time when there were real attempts to bring the bureaucrats down to size,、mm-hmm. and real attempts to,、uh, you know, small government, a less expensive government, slimmer, easier to understand. I think there's real potential here, Michael. I think that this third poll, I think you'll see it emerge as. Potentially,、uh, the Abe administration goes in for another election. I'm going to be prime minister yet again. We have to change those regulations within the LDP first. That's something perhaps we can talk about. But yeah, I think that there is beginning to start a a coalescing of forces here. Okay, getting back to the by yes,、yeah, so、let's not. You're right. The by elections. Getting back to the by elections. What whatever is going on with Wakasa in 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 District Ten, the the issue for me is if the LDP. Which is led by the president Abe, Mr. Abe. He, if they go down to defeat in one or both of these elections because of this disarray, first of all, it'll be a knife through the heart through the elections com- head, Furuya Kenji, Kenji、right. Furuya, who is a personal retainer of Mr. Abe. A long, basically, the only reason that he's in the diet at all is because he's been a a very fine servant of the Kishi and Abe families.、Mm-hmm. He was appointed with very little personal appeal and very little、uh, background to this very important position in the party. Just this in this last shuffle. This administration kind of characterizes. Yeah, the, that, well,、right? in that case, the appointments of Inada, the appointments of Seko Hiroshige、mm-hmm. as Meti Minister, personal gifts to the loyalists,、right. and this was a big one to one of his closest、mm-hmm. and, and, and not confidants, but really someone who is a, basically in a psychophantic position to him. Haven't seen that before. Yes, we have, <laughs> and in this case, the. If he blo- if they get if they blow it, and Furuya is the one who has to negotiate who gets to be the candidate,、mm-hmm. of course the Secretary General Nikai Toshihiro is ultimately responsible for election results. But the election commissioner is the one who really decides these things.、Mm-hmm. If they both go down, he's going to take it through the heart, and that's a direct hit on Abe.、Right. It will weaken him, and it will make it seem like. Okay, maybe we don't have the momentum for January—a a dissolution of the Diet and, a new, and an election. Maybe that would be dangerous. Maybe the DP under Renho is already in a position 
we, we're going to try to beat them. Right. We're going to try to get to them before Renho revitalizes the party. But maybe it's already starting. Mm -hmm. You know, that this, these by-elections will ask some serious questions. And if he loses, in, in, and if the, uh, the LBP loses in the by-elections and Mr. Abe takes a hit, that makes him a little bit more reticent, I think. I mean, this is, a, this is pushing things, maybe. But I think it makes him a little bit less capable of being flexible when he's talking to Putin in December, because uh, he's, yes. you know, because he, he, he's, he's, it's less certain where he stands in the party right <clears throat> now. Before these by elections, he is truly the person who can just point his finger. You do that, and I, you do that, and and they, whoever those people are within the party, they will obey. Mm -hmm. But two. Two losses on a single day. Sure, they're just House of Representative seats, and they're, and they're they've got a huge majority in the House of Reps. Still, it's, it's it's perceptions. Let's talk a little bit about the history in Fukuoka because it is so rich. Um, former Prime Minister Aso was he had as in his cabinet, Mr. Hatoyama, the the, Hatoyama, the fellow Kunia, who, yeah, who, Kunia who had Hatoyama. passed on, and whose son is now running. Right, right. So there's a little bit of bad blood there, and so not just a little, no, quite a bit. Yeah, because Hatoyama Senior uh, stabbed Mr. Aso in the back when, and led to the LDP kind of crumbling. I mean, it was a contributing factor; it wasn't the cause, but boy, what a nasty scene that was. Yeah, and the thing is that uh, certainly the the sins of the father should not be visited upon the children, but they will. Be. Not in my lifetime. <laughs> But they sure will. <laughs> they sure. So you've got you've got the uh, vice prime minister, Mr. Aso, right? Also finance minister, who is only nobly fighting for the rights of the local LDP chapter mm -hmm. to choose the person that it wants, because right. the LDP is a big tent with everybody equal. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, we got that side. So this is part of the fight, and the other part of the fight is that the LDP has another candidate that it's promoting as well, and the the real fight is for the contenders of of the LDP's uh, affections. That's right. The LDP itself is running against itself. Mm -hmm. And the outcome opens the door for what would normally not be a good seat for the DP. Mm -hmm. Splitting the ticket. They're splitting the ticket and they're going to be running as independents. So there won't be the automatic uh, machine that right. comes in behind them. And that's also true in Tokyo 10. Because Wakasa you have to think about if you're an LDP chapter member inside that district, do you really want to vote for someone who's going to eventually turn against the party and, and say, you know, I, I voted for him, but, you know, when he said he was going to turn against the party, I didn't really believe it. That's why. But right. no, you, you start thinking, I better, I better hedge my bets on mm -hmm. this one. Because the, the folks that are, that are running toward Koike, there's, there's sort of the same folks that would ran toward Watanabe, Yoshimi Watanabe and his Your Party. Mm -hmm. All and the, these, yes, entrepreneurial, but also very opportunistic folks. They really, you know, they don't last long. Yeah, but the same thing happened with Koizumi, and look what happened to him. I mean, he he was like a magnet, and all these wannabes kind of gathered around him, and that did kind of tumble into a, a snowball. It it worked in his favor. It worked in his favor. Changed history. Okay, I'll admit that that, that w did happen. And how often does this kind of a character, this kind of um, confluence of 
of events rise to make somebody, I mean, we're always complaining about the leadership. There's nobody that, that can have a leadership position or has the charisma. And, and she is really beginning to expose it. Yeah, she is, she is indeed taking what is basically a colorless position and making it extremely colorful. Yeah. As Ishihara Shintaro did when he was governor for four, well, four elections and three terms, right. uh, he, he, he opted out in the, after the, winning it for a fourth time. But there's something in me that says you really have to have organization. You really have to have a base. And the DP has it in the labor unions. The, the, the LDP has it in all of its many, many connections, big business, small and medium-sized Kind of Johnny-come-lately, is but, what you're saying. Yeah, the, yeah, but this new group, what is going to be beneath them? Who is going to be their backers? Koike did very, very well, but I think that one of the aspects of her election that people don't like talking about because it's ugly is that she is a very prominent member of the Nippon Kaigi and has long attracted the interests of what let's say Hillary Clinton would have called the great deplorables. Uh -huh. uh, the, the people who have views that are highly conservative and, and uh, anti-foreigner and all kinds of things that a cosmopolitan leader of mm -hmm. the, uh, one of the world capitals doesn't want have as her base, but that is her base. Yeah. Hardline conservatives are her base. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it showed when, when you look back at the Tokyo governor's race, which had General Tamogami running in it, okay, General Tamogami got 600,000 votes. The ultra-right candidate in this last ele gubernatorial election got only 50,000. Where did those 550,000 other votes go to? They went to Koike. Mm -hmm. And they, that's where her folks are. And that is not something that, for me, is a good base. You don't think it's sustainable? I don't think it's sustainable, uh, and I don't think that it's transferable mm -hmm. to other candidates. It's, it's really her and her special association with hardline hawkish defense right. views. Well, she's going to stand up for Wakasa. She's going to make sure that he gets elected. So in Tokyo, we can pretty much be guaranteed that that candidate will win. And probably the LDP will say, you know, all is forgiven. We want you to stay as an LDP member. Please don't, you know, resign as, as, a, as a member of the LDP. Let's stay buddies. Yeah, but there's a great deal of pride in the LDP as well, both on the national and the local level. And they'll have to swallow a lot of that pride. Sure. And I just, I, I have to bite my lip and say, I'm not sure. Well, he's already said that he would resign from the LDP if a censure went out against him and the other members who voted for uh, supporting uh, Koike in the election. Which is a very strange way to ask for LDP votes. <laughs> well, they've been manipulated too. I mean, look what Koike did when she threw her head into the ring. I mean, they were totally off balance, and I think maybe now they're wishing that they had played their cards a little bit differently. Well, they certainly, they certainly could have played their cards differently. Mm -hmm. But it's simply that, as Matt, in that case, again, the, the, the Tokyo chapter of the LDP did not support her, not for any, you know, material reason, but simply because 
she had acted first without asking them. Oh, she wasn't going to get it anyway. But she, but she, but she hurt their pride, yes. and she didn't do things the right way. Mm -hmm. And that kind of persnickety, ballsy. No, I'm talking about them. In okay. her case, in her case, oh, they're kind of persnickety and, and, and petty and and selfish kind of behavior has not changed. Right. right. They're still there. They're still in their positions. And you have to have a complete revolution mm -hmm. before something like a Koike phenomenon is transferable throughout the system. That's what I believe. Today is October 6th. The candidates will be decided on October 11th. The election will be held on the 23rd. This pretends a lot for the prime minister and also for how the LDP will shake out in the midterm and for the long term. Please continue to stay tuned. We're going to be watching this and reporting to you as it unfolds. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. The recent candidacy for the president of the Democratic Party raised an issue of dual citizenship, which was not very much talked about, but became a huge issue for Ren Ho. Michael, what's your view on that? Well, I, my view is that citizenship is not a piece of paper. It's, it's action. It's intent. It's, it's your history. And in that case, Ren Ho is fully a Japanese. Yes, she uses a very peculiar way of, of, of addressing herself using her original Chinese name. Mm -hmm. And also she, she doesn't use her, her husband's name, Murata, ever as a, as a part of her self-promotion. So she, she presents herself as being very, very unusual and very Chinese sounding. Uh, she is in fact the daughter of a Taiwanese citizen. And it became, a problem for the first time in her political career, which is she's been a senator for 12 years uh, and, and, is, and, and is, is just won her, her third election as senator, mm -hmm. uh, it suddenly became a problem when she wanted to become the leader of the party. And suddenly social media was aflame with this, but you know, she's really just a Taiwanese. Right. And what, what it turned out was that there were some old um, Ministry of Foreign Affairs retirees who seemingly either knew about from their own contacts that she had never succeeded in renouncing her Taiwanese uh, citizenship, or they figured out from the very strange concatenation of laws changes that happened at the time that she said that she had renounced her Taiwanese citizenship when she was a teenager, that it made it impossible for her to have actually done it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, suddenly came all these rumors. She's ne she has dual citizenship. She has been. We have a Manchurian candidate. We have a. That's right. That's we, right. We, well, the Taiwanese Manchuria, right. we all know so well. Uh, yeah, and and Ren Ho, who had gone to with her father to the Taiwanese mission and gone through what she thought was the procedure for renouncing her Taiwanese citizenship, she was not eligible for Japanese citizenship until mm -hmm. a law change took place in the 1980s. Right at the time when she was going through that, that period, that three-year period. Yeah, that's right. And there was a special uh, uh, grandfathering uh, period. Up until the time she was a teenager, persons who were born of a marriage between a non-Japanese and a Japanese, if the father was Japanese, could become 
Japanese citizens, but if only the, if the mother was Japanese, could not. Mm -hmm. That was after a series of very peculiar Supreme Court cases that argued that the law is constitutional, even though it, it, it clearly is biased on, on the basis of sex, the, the uh, government at the time actually went through and, and changed the law, making it possible for persons who have, with, with parents of different countries, that it doesn't matter whether it's father or mother, right. both are eligible. Finally. And so she went and declared herself a Japanese and then went to the Taiwanese mission and thought she had rejected mm -hmm. Taiwanese citizenship. It turned out, after an investigation, that was not the case. But she made very sure that, and made in a very public way, very, very clear that she really only wants to be seen as a Japanese. Mm -hmm. She preemptively, before the results of the investigation by the Taiwanese authorities, re-applied for renunciation. And, and, and filed her renunciation papers before she got the results because she said, right. you know, it's possible that it's not valid. I want to indicate and show that I have never wanted to have Taiwanese citizenship. It's, I don't have a passport. I don't have any of these things. I've never known that I had this, but just in case I'm going to go through the procedure. Sure. She was in a three-way race. And so it's probably likely that of the other two, somebody came up with, you know, we've got to throw throw some mud at her. What can we do where it doesn't leave any fingerprints at us, but it, it diminishes her? And it did diminish her, but I think, what's the big deal? Yeah, that, but it brought up the entire concept of dual citizenship. Then that's why we're talking about and, it. And a legislator who is managing the law and should be following the law, and the law is... You, you cannot can, have right. dual citizenship. Right. But it's a law with no penalties, and it's not a law that's been enforced. Mm -hmm. in, so it, it, it's two degrees away from being, you broke the law right. and you got to go to but jail. It, it became a huge deal. It became a huge a deal. And, and, it, and it, it feeds into narratives that Japan is an exclusive society, yes. that it, it is one that is uh, fearful of foreigners uh, and even fearful of half foreigners. Right. And uh, that the bloodlines should stay with the father and not the, the mother. mother. And right. all kinds of different issues that were suddenly reemerged from the mud which they have, should have stayed in. Yes. Now, of course, there were party differences. She was running for the head of the DP, and so there were certain members of the other parties, primarily the LDP, but more importantly, the very nationalist Nippon uh, Ishinokai. I mean, the, the word Japan is Nippon is in their name. Uh, they got really happy about this, and you were just when you listened to how they were talking about her being you know, treacherous, uh, uh, duplicitous, someone who is, a, again, a Manchurian candidate, you were just waiting for the other shoe yes. to drop. Right. And this week, it, it did. did. <laughs> <laughs> it That's dropped. right. It turns out there are others who have dual nationality and happen to be in the parliament. That's right. The, that there is an, at least one other senator just elected who is LDP, Mm -hmm. And uh, she's she's an, a fresh she's a fresh woman, I guess. Uh, Freshman, yeah. Right. But Onodera uh, Kimi Kimi Onodera, who is who has an American father, was born in the U.S. Uh, and applied for Japanese citizenship when she, uh, you know, she she confirmed her Japanese citizenship when she ran for a Senate seat 
in this last election. Uh, and there's a wonder, you know, it has a, the picture with Mr. Abe right mm -hmm. there on her website. Very nice. Uh, she won the seat and she's, you know, a seated senator. And, well, you know, uh, I never actually, you know, threw away my U.S. passport. She didn't even go as far as uh, Ren Ho did. Yeah. She had, she had done, she, ha she, she has charitably been put in the category in the process of renouncing her, her, her citizen, U.S. citizenship. Uh, in other words, she had done nothing. Right. And suddenly realized she was, she was cooked. Listen, for the benefit of viewers, what is dual citizenship? Who recognizes dual citizenship? Why is it such a big deal here in Japan? What's the story in the United States? Well, the thing is that even the United States has rules about dual citizenship that are just not followed. We live in a, a globalized world where people have multiple citizenships. And, you know, in my own family, my sister has three, uh, is a citizen of three countries. Mm -hmm. uh, it just is based on birth rules, based on work Location rules, of where you are. all these things can be used and manipulated so that you have the access that a citizen has. Mm -hmm. and, and the obligations sometimes too. And the obligations as well. And if you're willing to take on the obligations, well, you should have the rights. Right. Paying taxes, being available for military so service. These that things thing. that are... And, and certainly in the case of the United States, if you serve in the United States military, your path to citizenship is a direct one. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's even if you start out as a non-citizen in, in the service of the United States. And, and certainly in the case of France, service in the Foreign Legion is a pathway to French citizenship. So this idea of dual citizenship, of multiple citizenships, of, of when, do you when do you denounce, when do you not, in the case of... of uh, Kimi Onodera, it's expensive to, to renounce your U.S. citizenship because the United States has special rules trying to keep people from just doing it too easily. Mm -hmm. But in this case, in the case of Japan, it's illegal to have two citizenships. And you're supposed to, if you are a, of a dual nationality family, you're supposed you, to declare. when you become a, a, officially become an adult, you are supposed to declare mm -hmm. and say that you renounced all other citizenships except Japan's. Okay. But if you don't, again, there's no penalty and no one's going to chase after you. The Justice Department's not interested in sure. that. And if the Justice Department's not interested in it, what's the problem? Right. Is People the, are still flying on, on two passports. They use one when they go and they, they land in a foreign country. They use the same passport or they might use the other passport when they're flying out. It doesn't. They, it, 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 and the thing is, the, all, the officials, they're... At the, at the airport, know about this. Right. They ask for both your passports mm -hmm. and they click you in and they say, you know, use this one when you go into the other country. It's, it's not as though dual citizenship is some kind of heebie-jeebie problem, mm -hmm. except for, of course, people who are obsessed with bloodlines and loyalty and, and you know, all kinds of concepts that in a globalized world not really relevant Well, anymore. I think it's being used as, as a club, though. I mean, in this, this political environment, anything that sticks, we want to use because the, the, the fights are not about so much substance. And so you look for any 
hook you can hang your head on. Well, and it's true. In the case that, that of Renho, you, you have a pretty good guess that most Japanese would not have two passports. Right. Because it, there, the number of, of persons of foreign birth in Japan is very low. It's mm -hmm. around 2%. So it's going to be a peripheral issue. And so, yeah, you grab the club and you start bashing people. But you'll be bashing your own side is the, the lesson that we got this week. Dual citizenship poses a problem for certain legislators. Should others come up, we'll report to you. Keep your eye on it. Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. For a while on this show, we have been talking about the possibility of a snap election being called by the prime minister. That possibility comes up and becomes heightened by certain things that happen between now and the regular diet session, which will begin in January. Michael, you're following this too? I'm trying to follow it, but I still don't understand the timing of it all. Because if we were to led to understand, what we've been told is that the, the dissolution of the diet is going to be happening in January. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that means they might call an early session. Mr. Abe and his party this year called the earliest one ever. Uh, in, I think in Janu on January the 5th was the date. Uh, maybe they'll be able to kick in at that date. They have to, of course, coordinate with the Imperial House because it's the emperor who officially opens the, the, the diet in a, a very, very beautiful ceremonial First week of January, likely. And, yeah, but something. Anyway, after they go through the motions of that, of actually opening the regular session of the Diet, we are, we are led to believe that a few days after importuning the Emperor, Mr. Abe will go right back to the Emperor and say, you know, I had you open the Diet a few days ago. I need you to dissolve the Diet. Mm -hmm. Because that's what it says in the Constitution. That's what, it's not the Prime Minister who dissolves the Diet. That's one of the reforms that the current... Uh, LDP wants that it is the prime minister's job to dissolve the diet. Right now, it's the it's the emperor's. But it's the prime minister's call. It's the prime minister's call, and then they make that call. Okay, so then there's the window for campaigning mm -hmm. for the diet seat, and then they have the election. Let's say in February, mid February. Then they resume the ordinary diet session. They were resume the ordinary diet session a few days later. They have less than an, a month and a half to beat the budget passage deadline. Mm -hmm. That's true. And that, for me, just doesn't seem to fly. Mm -hmm. That the timing just doesn't work out unless they're really planning to have an extension of the current budget into April. Because they have a, an April 1st deadline. And they're, I mean, they pushed things to the limit this year when they had plenty of time. So I'm really, really wondering what's, I mean, I understand the politics, I just don't understand the schedule. Sure. Um, I don't know. But you can be sure that the prime minister has a vested interest in calling an election so that in March, when the party has its uh, annual meeting and regulation reform. That he'll be going in as the man who won yet another election for us. Yes. And we are so grateful. Yes. That because we'll... everybody stood up at the plenary session. Yes. And, and, and we are all, we're, we're all loyal to him. This is our leader, and we must give him the ultimate gift. Gosh, Michael, I can't tell you that I just can't believe that he would miss that opportunity. I know. And the window of opportunity is really only in January. If he's going to do it, he's got to do it then. He's going to close up the extraordinary session. He's going to pass the budget. A lot of people who don't deserve it are going to get money. He's going to have that meeting with Putin. He's going to probably try and sign off a deal, a peace treaty. That's huge. 
But the thing is, he's, he's, it seems to, it looks at the same time like he's running away from constitutional revision. Mm -hmm. His core issue, the thing that put him in politics first off, and is the reason the LDP got founded, among right. other things, but it's in the founding document. Constitutional revision is at hand. Right. They have the two-thirds majority in the House of Reps. They have, with collaboration from the Nippon Ishin no Kai, the, this, this third party based in the Kansai region, they have the two-thirds majority right. in the House of Councillors for the first time in history. And what does he do? He calls an election. No, it yeah. doesn't make sense. He should go, after we get passed through TPP, negotiations on TPP will start next week, I believe, on the 14th. Uh, they've already passed, at least in the House of Reps, the supplementary budget, which means the, the supplementary budget, the second one, is passed. They're going to go through all these motions. The next, and, and they've, they're even beginning the committee meetings in terms of constitutional revision, right? right? To suddenly put the brakes on everything and throw it all to the, the public when nothing has even been decided in terms of constitutional revision, and he, it's, it's not like he's going, the, the election for, for LDP president is next year. Mm -hmm. It isn't. Right. It's in 2018, That's September. Right. It's two years from now. What are you doing is my immediate reaction. Well, he, he has the ability to call a snap election at any time. True. Even the Democratic Party said he could call it at any time, guys, be ready. We're, and we're ready. Is and there, we're, yes. the, 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 no, that, no, if you're a head of a party or a, a member of the party, you're going to say that your party's ready. And they have said that. Right. If, they, if anyone indicates we're not ready for this, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a basically a request to right. Prime Minister Abe, please hold an election. But for the Prime Minister, his critical advantage is timing. So when the LDP's popularity is coming up, maybe something's going on with a, a peace treaty with Russia or the budget process or maybe even the, the abdication of the prime minister, all eyes are on the prime minister. Then he calls the snap election, maybe riding that tide. That's what he needs. Well, he wants thing, to become okay, prime we've minister discussed, again. No, we've discussed the, the issue of holding an election as regards the possible peace treaty with Russia, but only as a referendum on the peace treaty. Mm -hmm. Riding on the popularity is not there because the cabinet right now is enjoying a historical. I mean, I've looked levels of popularity. It, it's the at this point in his term, Koizumi's cabinet was less popular than Mr. Abe's is right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, it's a significant. It's more than five percent, uh, which is strange, isn't it? No, it, it isn't because we've discussed this many times. Abe lives in a very peculiar bubble where he has no rivals mm -hmm. and there is no one fighting against him. That's, that has skipped his numbers up much higher than they would have been, let's say, if he had been someone trying to be prime minister around the, the turn of the millennium. Be that as it may, he's going to take a hit with any kind of deal. We've, we've, we've heard bits and pieces with from the Soviet deal you've yeah about. the Russian deal the Russian yes deal. With, with Hiroshige Seiko his for some reason his man on Russia uh, who is also minister of economics trade and industry they've they've spliced those things together trying to put together a special program economic program mm -hmm. for Ru Russo-Japanese cooperation based out of METI 
uh, it looks to me like just some kind of gimcrack thing that Seiko can order because he's the minister. Mm -hmm. it, like there's no real coordination, and I'm sure the Ministry of Foreign Affairs across the street must be saying, fine, do what you have to do. We'll just stay here, thanks. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be my reaction, and I think that's what's happening because we see Seiko and the Meti so much in the forefront of right. this. If the people don't like the deal and say so in a referendum, Abe will be messing with that two-thirds majority that he has in the House of Reps. Right. And gosh darn it, you know, if constitutional revision matters, and I think that it does, and there are things that need to be changed in the Constitution, like this question of who has the right to dissolve the diet. It should be the prime minister's mm -hmm. prerogative in writing rather than this foggy notion that has evolved out of practice. Great, let's put that in there. And that's in the draft mm -hmm. of the LDP's draft constitution. But to this week, dang it, what did he say? He said, well, we're not, we're not holding to that 2012 draft. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, 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 we want to have open discussions. Sure. Well, in the, in the same tone, he also said a snap election. I wouldn't think of it. Yeah. So, what? Yes. Well, the dissolution of the diet resides solely with the prime minister. When he will call the snap election, if he will call the snap election, a critical issue. We're going to continue to follow this. You should stay tuned, too.